you the latest thinking and developments from the international B2B marketing space, this is BBN Mixtape. And mixing it up for us today is Anol Bhattacharya. Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of BBN Mixtape. We are going to discuss today why brand strategy requires active leadership involvement. A brand is not a logo or a corporate identity system, a slogan, or a product. A brand is the gut feeling of your customers and prospects about your company. How they think and feel about a brand is the brand. Brand strategy is one of the cornerstones of the overall business model. It is your roadmap guiding you to your destination. It only changes if your destination does. Whereas your marketing strategy and tactics can be changed based on customer data, uh, success of campaign, technology, trends, budget, etc. So today we are going to discuss all about brand strategy. And our guest is Peter Lyle, director of Fifth Ring, a global integrated corporate communication company with offices in Houston, Aberdeen and Singapore. Peter, welcome to the show. Anu, thank you so much. It's uh, great to be here and great to have the opportunity to, to speak with you. Thank you. Great. Please let our audience know who you are and what you do. Yes, uh, I am one of the shareholders of Fifth Ring. We are an integrated B2B agency, as you say. We've been around for over 30 years. Uh, we started in Scotland, but we've expanded around the world, fundamentally following the footprint of the oil and gas industry. But we're not allowed to use the term oil and gas anymore, so we call it the energy industry. <laughs> and um, that's why we have offices in Houston and also in Singapore, of course, where you're based. Um, we have <clears throat> about 40, 45 people. Uh, we are a variety of different skill sets. Uh, the bit that I head up is to do with the consultancy, the front end consultancy piece around brand strategy. And we work. Um, with senior teams, leadership teams on setting the tone, setting the direction, uh, and then the implementation follows down the line. Great. So let's jump into the question, like, and following yeah. the your lead that uh, you have done several of brand strategy workshops, uh, formatted the brand strategy, and did the brand strategy development for many different type of companies. Now, what are the, some of the misconceptions you witness frequently when you're doing brand strategy uh, for a company? I think um, the misconceptions lie on two sides. Um, and if I may be frank for a second, on the agency side, I think the misconception a lot in the B2B space is that this matters. Uh, because we live and breathe it and think it is really important, uh, we can't understand why clients, particularly senior leaders, don't think this is as important as we know it to be. Um, so you've immediately got a gap between degree of significance of this activity. Um, because we all know the textbooks, because we've all got 30 years of experience, we, we fundamentally believe without a strong brand, how can stakeholders possibly relate to this enterprise, to this organization? But Senior people who come up through different channels, they might be engineers, they might be finance people, they see things differently. Um, and so 
the project always goes better if you have a sympathetic leader who understands brand and comes to it from a historical understanding. Um, it never, never works if you are trying to force onto the leadership team how important the project is and how important you are. Um, so one of the things that is missing from our BD uh, opportunity uh, canvas to assess whether or not we should go with a client is always the question, is there a cultural fit? Um, but if we get the cultural fit right and we understand that the leadership team understand the power of brand, then we are heading in the right direction. Uh, but trying to force the issue is just too hard. All right. And, and that kind of uh, segue to the next question that... Uh, who is responsible and who is in who should be involved? Like there are two categories here: leadership uh, team, yeah. CMO, whatever. So, I mean, what is interesting is that, uh, of course, you, you, your agency and ours operate in different spaces, uh, where the, the concept of a CMO is actually quite rare in the energy space. Um, oh, and. The idea that an energy company, whether regardless of where they are in the supply chain, they could be a tech company, they could be a major contractor, whatever, that they have a chief marketing officer is pretty rare, almost you know, unheard of. So the responsibilities for brand and for marketing communication can land up anywhere. Uh, we've worked with CFOs, we've worked with HR directors, uh, the marketing manager as such, um, might have evolved through a role called promotions. Um, <laughs> and, and we still have, and this sounds very patronizing and I apologize, but we, we still have clients in Texas who see the promotional activity as the golf day, the clam bake, uh, ma making sure that customers have the right baseball cap. You know, So where we sit in terms of our view on responsibility is let's make sure that at least one person at board level has got this <laughs> as a job <laughs> and let's make sure we're speaking to that person. Um, the, the, one of the hardest bits we have is helping the marketing manager convince their senior executive that this is a good thing to do, uh, to, to be allied to that individual who probably has got a marketing degree. He or she will have come up through a marketing uh, background, but they might be a loner in their enterprise. Uh, and that's where they need the agency to help them. So, so that's the responsibility bit. Um, the, the second part of that question, in terms of how does it, how does it pan out? How, how does it work? Um, if we can get the leadership team fully committed and supported, then it will go smoothly. If they decide it's important, then it'll happen. If it's a struggle because the marketing manager is working pretty much solos, then the agency will become frustrated and the client will become frustrated too. Yeah, and, and, and that's a normal pattern we witness too. So we serve a very different uh, sector, which is technology sector. And whenever we discuss about brand to the marketing team with the CMO, even marketing director, um, we usually lean towards and the conversation goes towards like, you know, the visual representations, the logo, the color scheme, the key visual, etc. like very tactical level. What do you think uh, the root cause of this uh, leaning towards this? Is it agencies are responsible or is it the marketing team? Who is responsible for that? Uh, yes, I, I, I think and it... 
I think actually poor education is responsible. <laughs> 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 I, I think what happens is that journalists and um, talk about brand and they mean logo. Mm. And this permeates into a general level of societal understanding, which is the two are interchangeable. And of course, we all know that that's not the case. And, and your intro at the start was absolutely right. It's about a shared experience. It's very much intangible. It's about how you feel about something. Um, but if you're dealing with engineers or technology people or software people, that, that intangibles don't sit comfortably with them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they 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 like things to be process oriented. They like things to be uh, boxed, and they want deliverables, and they want things that do things that result in other things happening. So if you start talking about well, we want to discuss how your enterprise is going to make other people feel. This makes them very nervous. So it's better to default to something tangible, like we'll change the name of the company, we'll change the logo, and that looks like we've done something. Um, and, and it's great. It does look as if you've done something. But you know, we, we have changed names of companies, we've changed logos, and we've still had heard the phone being answered with the, the other name. <laughs> nobody thought to tell anybody that this was more than just a, a visual... Um, Skin deep refresh. We um, work on the principle of a very famous article that was in the Harvard Business Review in 2001 by a couple of uh, authors, Hatch and Schultz. And it's called Are the Strategic Stars for, uh, Aligned for Your Corporate Brand? And it focuses on vision, culture, and image. And the image bit is the bit you're referring to, which is what, what do we look like? And that impacts on how we're perceived, of course. The vision bit is pretty straightforward, isn't it? You know, where, where do we want to go and what do we want to be? And that is often owned or should be owned by the, the most senior people. But I think in B2B, brand really comes to life in the culture bit. It's the experience of the humans butting up against each other that becomes memorable, that, that brings the brand to life. Um, and it's very hard. It's very hard indeed. If you've got a global enterprise of 40 or 50,000 people and the leadership team and the marketing team and the agency decide, yeah, we're going to refresh, we're going to reposition, we're going to tell a new story, we're going to put a new narrative out into the world. And then you've got, I don't know, maybe the regional office in Alaska. Who's going to tell them? Who's going to explain to them what they now need to do and think and be? So, but if they do manage to do that, and if it permeates from, as the article describes, from, from corner office to the front line, and the people who are customers of the regional office in Alaska get a sense of difference and something's happening, then you have a powerful brand. And so I think that the bulk of our agency responsibilities is that internal piece for alignment to make sure that the culture is lived and to make clients realize if it's a big enterprise, this might take you two or three years. Yeah, uh, and I, I think this is also fall under the gray area that internal activation is uh, also whose responsibility. Is mm -hmm. it marketing or is it HR? And yeah. then things fall through the crack and um, you might spend a lot of money and uh, resource to uh, go external image creation, but internally uh, nobody gives uh, kahoot about your thing. So it's going to be a difficult thing to do. Now, uh, 
this is um, this is a interesting part, and especially in B two B. First of all, moment you talk uh, branding with uh, any B two B company, first thing comes out: we are boring, and we are not Coca Cola. <laughs> like, why should branding matters to uh, matter to us, right? How do you convince uh, a B two B say leader? not a marketing leader just business leader that yeah in in your case also branding matters um because of xyz so what are those xyz points you will tell to that person um well i'll tell you a little anecdote that plays to this and fundamentally it's got ego at the heart of it um but we did do a rebranding exercise for a norwegian company that was expanding internationally and and actually uh the major all uh, the whole manager launch was in your part of the world in Singapore. And that exact question was raised by one of the regional managers, a middle, middle ranking individual said, you know, why am I here? Why am I wasting two or three days of my life being told about this new brand and the story and, and all that goes with it? And of course, he fell right into my lap because I said, to him, OK, that's cool. Um, what kind of a car have you got? And he said, well, very proudly, he said, I've got a BMW. I said, okay, why, why did you choose that? You know, any old car will get you from A to B. Uh, and some actually will do a better job of it than a BMW. And he said, oh, no, because it's a very powerful brand and I like it. Okay, good, good, good. And it makes me feel good. It makes me feel good. And I said, and, and I notice you're wearing a rather smart watch there. What, what brand of watch is, is that? And it was an Omega or something. And I said, well, do, do, do you need that to tell the time? He said, well, no, not really, but I need it to make me feel good. I said, okay, and, and that's a rather nice cut of suit you're wearing there. And, and he, was getting the, he was getting the gist of what I was saying at this point, obviously. <laughs> and his, his colleagues were, 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 were laughing around him. Um, and it was a boss or Armani. You know, and all the items in his personal life had been chosen, as far as anyone could see, based on brand and how they made him feel. And I said, wouldn't it be great if we could replicate that with this organization within its supply chain? That includes its suppliers as much as its customers, which is it presents an image that makes people feel confident, comfortable, engaged, relaxed in doing business with this business. Because the promise that is made visually is filled up, is fulfilled by the behavior of the people that follow through. And he said, that's all, that, that's all we're trying to do. We're, we're trying to do create some awareness, but follow through in terms of cultural delivery. And, and he got that. And, and, and if we can explain that to our clients, some of them get it, some of them don't. But when they do get it, brilliant, we, we, we fly. Um, if, if it becomes a debate about mm, don't like the point size and the new typeface, don't like the website colors, can't we make it a different color of blue, then we, we've kind of lost the plot there. Yeah, absolutely. I will I will switch gear, and that is a very selfish reason because I I am struggling with this question asked by one of our customers uh, when I suggested them go very deep focus right in your terms of that product branding. It's not overall branding; it's just a product branding. But when I asked that, that question was thrown back to me that we have to juggle two seemingly contradictory goals, right? making our brand distinctive 
like appeal to a certain audience size. At the same time, we have to gather market share in a substantial portion. So how do I proceed about that? That at the same time, having that crystal clear focus as well as gaining market size beyond that. Now, it is it's a very good point and, and fair play to the individual that put that question to you. Um, and I, I think ultimately it comes down to risk management and risk aversion. And you've got entrepreneurial B2B leaders who are not that upset about upsetting other people. And you have got so they're at one end of the risk spectrum, and then you've got more conservative individuals in the middle and, and at the other end. Um, I, I would say that, I don't know if you're familiar with, with the game show, uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Yeah. But, but they have an element of that whereby, you know, I can give you this check, but I don't want to. <laughs> I, I, want you to I want you to go to the next level. I want you to take the next question. So what we try to do in the creative presentations, which is, I can give you this. It's the blue and red one. It, it's conservative. It'll do the job. It'll make everybody feel comfortable. But we don't really want to give you that. We want to give you the pink and neon and gold one. And they will oh, God, no, we can't do that. We, we can't possibly do that. And then someone in the room will, will stand up and say, we could do that. And actually, that that creative moment that that is actually that the highlight of our of the whole experience, where somebody on the client side says, "Client side says, why not? Why can't we do that? Why can't we be the guys that stand out a little bit more?" And that's not going to ruin our position. That, that's not going to affect our our market share negatively. That's just going to raise us above the parapet a bit more, and and give us a little bit of energy. Um, and so by giving the client the choice, letting them be the decision maker, letting them assess how much risk they want to take, that, that's how we get over this uh, this dilemma. And, and of course, when it goes to the crazy version or the super crazy version, then the excitement that follows. Now, you mentioned internal audiences. This is where, <laughs> this is where it can get toned down a bit. You know, you've got the excitement of the major creative presentation. Then about two or three months later, we go, mm, hang on a sec, guys. We're getting a little bit of negative in feedback. Can we tone it down a bit? And, and that's fair enough, too. Yeah. But, yeah, but, yeah. but let, let give the client a little bit of choice, a little bit of leeway, and let them take the risk. And that's where it gets exciting. Absolutely. I think the, I think the pushing the envelope is one of the job of, for, of the agencies. Uh, exactly. Um, and 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 sometimes we just follow the just follow the money and uh, not take enough risk from our side so we are no no position to critic critic the customers because most of the time we also take a step back so uh, great point my last question and is and yeah. we are yes we are right on time so here is the brand strategy we develop that and then we have to define the tactical portion of this is the marketing communication strategy but most of the time i've seen that the brand marketers and thanks to like you know globalization specialization and all those things now there is two different sets of marketers right brand marketers and performance marketers 
So how that handover or like, you know, handshake should happen from brand strategy to the corporate communication? Yeah. This is um, an unhelpful answer. Um, we're, we're still wrestling with that, to be honest. <laughs> the... We've talked many times with clients about building into the process a sort of feedback loop to ensure that the good quality consultancy brand orientated work done at the front end does permeate through in a consistent basis to the tactical implementation. Um, and everyone says, yeah, that's good. We'll, we'll meet every quarter and we'll just do a, a bit of an audit of the narrative and make sure that people are saying the right things in the right way. and." Um, you know, we'll, we'll hold a forum or we'll have a summit or, um, you know, we'll, we'll gather data and we'll just check. And and somehow that it just gets lost in the, the speed of the day-to-day -day activity. And of course, the more the dispersed the organization is, the greater its global international coverage. That dilutes things. Um, I'll tell you another thing, uh, an old change of personnel. That is a really significant <laughs> factor in it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Whether it's on the agency side or on the client side, you know, people say, well, what's this? You know, I, I wasn't involved in creating this. I've no idea what it is. It doesn't seem to work for me. I'll, I'll quietly forget about it. Um, so you, you have to have some fairly ruthless self-policing. Um we worked many years for Technique, the French oil and gas services company, and um, they talked about logo cops. Um, so I, I think the, the first and easiest thing you can do is can have consistent visual consistency. That that should be pretty straightforward. Um, the next bit, the much harder bit, is that consistency of narrative. Um, and you know we're we're going to keep trying and keep pushing to find ways of ensuring that that happens. But I sense ultimately it's not an agency thing. It is a client responsibility. Oh, absolutely. Because yeah. Yeah, there are multiple conversations going on between our clients and their prospects. It's not only on exactly. just marketing level, right? Uh, even the customer service people who is picking up the phone and answering or a salesperson who is going to present yeah. to a, a prospect so uh, it is not just marketing representation of the brand. It is also like other business units representation. And that's a very uh, critical point. Very few companies I've seen that who include those in the matrix for the brand strategy success. Um, that is yeah. one of the interesting things. No, you're right. <clears throat> you're very much right. And we, we had an example of that a year or so ago. We actually, we got the client and the senior team, the, lead, the CEO was there to, to do a presentation to the, the sales force and say that th these are the words that we'd like you to use. Now, we appreciate you won't use 100% of them 100% of the time. But if you could use 60% of them 80% of the time, you know, that, that, that would be a good result. Hmm? And at one point, the CEO was asked, so could you just explain to me by one of the salespeople, could you explain to me again what that bit of the value proposition means? And and the CEO turned around and he said, uh, Peter, could you explain that? And I thought, you've lost it. You, you, you've you gone mad. Yeah. You don't know what this means. Mm. And we've been working with you for months to create <laughs> a, 
<laughs> story and you don't understand it and you've been put on the spot by one of your salespeople and you need my help. And, yeah. and that is a typical, not typical, it's, it's, it's an, an example of how the fact that it actually it wasn't clear at the senior level and therefore dispersing it, as you say, through to the front end, people got to use these words, just wasn't going to happen. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you, Peter, for sharing some great insights with our listeners today and uh, really appreciate you taking the time. Yeah. Well, I really enjoyed it. I know. Thank you. And of course, the message is always very simple. You know, work with people who get it. (laughs) All right. Thanks all for today. Um, And um, until the next episode, uh, stay safe and happy marketing. Thank you, Peter. Thank you. BBN Mixtape is a production of BBN. Subscribe from your favorite podcatcher for episode transcripts, links, and more. If you like this show, give us a nice five-star rating. It's how you can help more marketers find us. Thank you, and we will talk in the next episode.